0: This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. And friends, and everyone at OPI shows want you to make sure to wash your hands. And if
1: you're still one of those people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom, please do that
0: now. That's something you should have been doing anyway. Cover your mouth when you cough. Come on, people. And with that, we have a special message from actress, comedian, and fan favorite Milana
2: Vindru.
3: I just want to wish the people of Chicago a safe, warm, peaceful stay at home. Please stay healthy. Please help other people stay healthy by staying home. Stay safe, Chicago. Thanks, Milana.
0: Thank you. Guys, seriously, you can save the world by sitting on your ass at home. You cannot afford to miss this opportunity. You won't get another one. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Stay home. You will be saving the world. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. This is Manus. Man.
3: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production, on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Mission with Rick and Dave. Hey,
0: yay! Woo. Two of us for the price of one. Woo. You get Rick and Dave and Minutia, so it's you know it's a package for you.
4: Two studios, too. That's We're, true. Uh, One's in the Chicago studio, one is in the Mount Prospect studio, and we're going to have a guest later on who's going to be
0: also Tim in, a, Clu- in a Chicago studio. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: So we're very, uh, and last year or last week, uh, on our other sister podcast, when we interviewed Amy Landecker and Bradley Whitford, they were in LA. Yeah. Right?
0: By the way, if you have right? not heard that, uh, that oh, interview it's yet, it's a, it's That's about good. an hour long, so there's a lot there, but. There's a story. There are other stories on there that, uh, like for instance, Amy Landecker tells some stories about growing up as a Landecker in Chicago. Which is there's some really funny stories there. But uh, to me, the two highlights are the Don Cheadle story, (laughs) which is unbelievable, and it's (laughs) lengthy, but it is well worth. (laughs) the money on that one and also uh at the end there we got bradley whitford on and they tell a meryl streep story which yes. is spectacular right, right. so and, just for that
4: well and it may be long but what the hell do you have to do anyways right
0: now? <laughs> right they in fact it's so long because they had nothing else to do right in fact I at was, the end of it we were like all right see you later what what why why are we going what can, I, we? I, I was giving myself the wrap up <laughs> you know, in front of my
4: face. Okay, let's get this done.
0: You know how I have kind of like an internal clock that goes off when I think it's time to go, and you don't have that? Yeah, yeah. Even no, you right. had it last week.
4: I know, I know. <laughs> After about an hour and ten, I'm like, I got nothing else. You know? uh,
0: I, I still. But, I really strongly recommend people check that out. It's uh, the yeah. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, and it's uh, if you don't subscribe to that, it's just our interviews Throughout uh, the last couple of years, we've been interviewing all sorts of people, and so these are just two Hollywood celebrities at once, husband and wife team.
4: And some people say that's the highlight of our shows, anyway. Some people, (laughs) you know, I don't know who those people are. Uh, My son
0: Sean says the opposite. He says as soon as the interview starts, he stops listening
4: because he probably doesn't know anybody. That's true. Here we are. Yeah,
0: that's true. And I think uh, I might have offended Bradley Whitford by pointing out that Sean thinks of him as being from Billy Madison. But it's uh, true.
4: And <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. I'm sure there's a whole yeah. generation of people that think,
0: That's think true. A of true. of the Nerds. How so is how it, are you, yeah, I was uh, just going to ask you, how how are, how's uh, isolation treating you these days? You know,
4: I think we're beginning to see some cracks in the Stern household. Oh, really? Well, like, you know, a lot of things that I thought of my wife, you know, cute little things that she used to do uh, aren't so cute anymore. Like what? Uh, like, you know, like blinking.
0: <laughs> Breathing? She,
4: she blinks really, really loud. Uh, she blinks loud. <laughs> yeah, she, she's really blinking really loud right now. Uh, no, it's just that we're, and, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek-ish, but the entire family is now getting pretty sick of each other, you know, which I don't know. Are you, yeah. are you guys finding the same thing? I mean, Bridget's now home.
0: Well, I got to, you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I like to tell you my dream stories. I'll tell you yeah, a, a yeah. dream story I had. So, um, you know, there was a night this past week. I forget which night it was where, um, the people in my family were making fun of me and, you know, that's fine. I, I, I don't mind being made fun of, but they've kind of lost the ability to make it witty. Like they'll come up to me <laughs> and, and they'll say, Hey, fat, <laughs> or hey old
4: I know, you know, I know stuff like
0: that you know really wacky you know wit witticisms yeah right. And so my dream was uh in my dream i started yelling at all of them and telling them all of their worst traits <laughs> to their faces and pointing at them and then i came down with coronavirus and died and never got a chance to apologize that was my dream <laughs>
4: Uh, uh sadly that might be reality for
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
4: people nowadays i know. know uh yeah i mean it's and again we're all pretty much getting along but the time that all of my kids are in their rooms doing whatever the hell they're doing i don't care
0: yeah just, oh me too me just too. just go to now, your coming room up, we've got an interview coming up with uh, tim clue who's a comedian motivational speaker and he's gonna he's gonna Handle this topic a bit because he's working on homeschooling his his daughter in the crisis and it's finding it rather challenging. We'll we'll find out more about him. But one of the things I've been discovering is people are sending a lot of uh, coronavirus humor. I got mm-hmm. this. I got this one in my email. Let me know I, and unattributed. I don't know who wrote these jokes, but these are coronavirus pickup lines. Okay. okay. If coronavirus doesn't take you out, can I? <laughs> is that sand? Or is that hand sanitizer in your pocket, or are you just happy to stand <laughs> six feet away from me? <laughs> Since all of the public libraries are closed, I'm checking you out instead. Oh god, god, Here's my oh favorite god. one: You can't spell quarantine without U R A Q T.
4: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands.
0: Baby, you need toilet paper because I can be your prince charman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, and uh, so, this is one I got via uh, Twitter. You know Robert Falls. Remember him?
4: Yeah, we we studied under him.
0: Yes, Robert Falls, famous theater director, who was also the uh, choreographer for the Cliff Dancers when Dave and I were <laughs> Cliff Dancers. Uh, here, this is what he wrote. I'm giving up drinking for a month. Oops, sorry, wrong punctuation. I'm giving up semicolon (laughs) drinking for a month. (laughs) Punctuation. Uh,
4: Yeah, we. uh, Yeah, I have definitely upped my alcohol game too. Yeah, while while well, you,
0: I haven't, but uh, the mine was up already. Well, I was
4: gonna say it's your bar was pretty high to begin
0: with. My bar is almost empty. That's the problem. But I'm. all right, let's uh, let's do some minutia for everybody, shall we? I have sure. uh, some audio.
3: You're listening to Minutia Men featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing, nothing of value. All right, what do you got?
4: So for our American listeners, Rick, most are probably aware that per edict of the Supreme Court, Wisconsin held their primary this past Tuesday. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're, you know. It's a disgrace.
0: Disgrace. Yeah.
4: Right. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't care if you die. Right. If, now, how, how much? How badly you need to vote.
4: Yeah. Right. And now we're not political, which is absolute bullshit, because yeah. every day we're talking more and more about politics. But, you know, we're not. I don't I don't I don't want to say that I'm passing any judgment here. OK. OK. Um, we're just reporting the news. We're journalists. OK. OK. Hey. So I emailed you a picture that I told you not to open.
0: Okay. Do you have that? Do yeah, you have I that? Do. Yes.
4: Okay. Open it up.
0: Okay. Got it? Yeah.
4: I. What do you see?
0: I see a man in a, like, goggles and a mask and, like, a surgical gown and gloves.
4: Okay. So you would assume that this person is... Obviously concerned about something,
0: Absolutely, sure.
4: You know, some virus, presumably the coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know who that guy is? Who is he? That picture was taken, and that guy is Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, okay, Uh who happens to be a Republican. And that picture was taken while he was saying on the news that it's completely safe for you to go out and vote. (laughs) <laughs> the guy with the mask oh and the PPE and the and the face mask. Uh that sure wow. go ahead. Everything is fine.
0: Wow. Irony is officially <laughs> dead.
4: Right. And I would like to just ask Wisconsin what happened to you?
0: Yeah, no right? kidding.
4: You know. Uh so if you're out there and now there probably will be no more primaries, I would assume. I would right?
0: assume, yep.
4: Right. Um, which I think is good because obviously we don't want to put people in harm's way. But, they but still be still, careful. They out there. still
0: have local elections, though. I mean, the presidential election isn't yeah. the only election. The reason why yeah. those Wisconsin people were pushing it so hard because there was a Supreme Court uh, opening uh, that was that they were fighting for. Yeah. So anyway, holding power is more important than human life. Let's remember that. Uh, so I have a politician story, too. This is uh, takes place in Germany. <laughs> Berlin District that's Mayor. That's just funny right there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right there. It's that's, that's a great story. So they've got coronavirus in Germany, too. Berlin District Mayor Stefan von Dassel. sparked controversy in germany last week after admitting to consciously contracting the novel coronavirus from his partner in order to self-immune self-immunize and be able to work while others were off sick must work Uh, so he actually went out to get the
4: virus yes what you're
0: Yes, yes. Even though his decision went against the general consensus of public health experts, most of whom strongly recommend social distancing to avoid catching the virus. Von Dassel claims that he saw his deliberate infection as a contribution toward the long-term goal of flattening the curve. Although, he admit he might he might have miscalculated a little bit. I was ill longer than I thought. I got infected <laughs> almost on purpose to develop immunity. And then I thought it would be sick for, you know, three days. And then What's I'd be immune. Sort of- uh, but uh, it was much, much worse than what? I imagined. <laughs> Von Dussel told public broadcaster RBB. And now he is quarantined still. Now... Well-
4: he was just trying to be efficient right I understand he didn't go back to work
0: I understand the need to work 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 but what about the part about following orders
4: <laughs> oh you're right
0: right what kind of a right. German doesn't follow orders? That's page
4: one of the manual, right?
0: Didn't his parents ever read him the story of Mox and Moritz, who were told not to play in the mill and disregarded those orders? And what happened to them? They were ground into little bits and spread across the Spargelfeld. <laughs> was that a Grimm's brother? Or is or uh, it Grimm's was a, an actual children's story that I was told as a child. Mox and Moritz. It's very famous in Germany.
4: Well, like all the nursery rhymes. A lot of them are just horrible tragedies. It was, that their, it was
0: their way to, to scare kids into doing the right thing.
4: Oh, you have to start being the writer. <laughs> write a fairy tale now about the coronavirus.
0: All right. All right. Putting it on my uh, list.
4: Hey, uh, this comes from our religion desk.
0: All right You know, our so team... Now that we've tackled politics.
4: yeah, Our, our team is working. We've got our, our health desk. we got our religion. I mean, we're just... We're essential employees.
0: Right? <laughs> we are.
4: Okay. Uh, so, you know, uh, Pat Robertson. Of
0: right? course I know Pat Robertson.
4: 700 Club, big yes. star, you know. Um, well, he's blaming the coronavirus on oral sex and lady chemicals.
0: Of course.
4: You're right there to just drop something?
0: That's that's Ivy. You oh, know, she, okay. When you're not here in the house, she's allowed <laughs> to roam. Uh,
4: during an appearance... On the 700 Club, Robertson blamed the coronavirus on oral sex. Hmm. This this is his verbatim quote. Some of these youngins, he (laughs) calls them youngins, some of these youngins are doing all kinds of unnatural things with their sex organs, said Robertson. When people do that, they transfer all kind of chemicals from ladies' private parts. And that's where I think the virus is coming from. We never, and this is... Uh, My favorite part of his quote, we never have we never had this kind of thing when I was coming up because no one was committing oral sex back then. Okay.
0: Wow. I bet Um, you Mrs. Robertson's a very happy lady. (laughs)
4: Uh, Now, as a social scientist and a historian.
0: Uh, Right. Yes, that's what you are.
4: I was struck by his assertion that no one was having oral sex back when he really legitimately should have been having oral sex. Right. He was born in 1930 meaning that his oral sex prime would have been, what, 1947? Uh, yeah,
0: late 40s or early yeah, 50s. Er,
4: right. He got married in 1954, and so we all know that that goes out the window. Yeah. But so, you know, and I, so I I Googled. My exact search was, did people have oral sex in the late 40s and early 50s? Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> I swear well, to God, honey, this is for the show. <laughs> right.
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, they did, by the way. What? I'm just going to I'm going to I've got to go on record. But I stumbled upon this book and we we are tangential if we're not anything. Oh. I, I stumbled upon a book that was written by an author named Thomas D. Horton and was titled What Men Don't Like About Women that was published in 1945. All right. Keep in mind that over 600,000 copies were sold and it was a nationwide bestseller for two years. Wow. And then and the name of the book is What Men Don't Like About Women. Would you like to hear about a couple of things from 1945? Um, yes. being too bossy in bed. <laughs> there are few there are few things in this world that offend a man more than be directed in the sex act by his woman. Okay. okay. And uh, you know, uh, and whatever. Um, asking for a fur coat after sex. Okay. Many women yeah, many women look upon the act of intercourse as a sort of long-term IOU payable when they feel like it. All right. That's okay. uh, pretending you are his intellectual equal. Women seem to assume that they are man's intellectual equal, so they blab blab blab. This is oh in the- my god. Taxing the man's patience to no end. What he really wants are quiet rest and sleep. All right. He's not wrong in that part. Right.
0: <laughs> my God
4: uh and finally um after not being or insisting on talking after sex
0: uh well, he's got a whole thing about the whole sex thing here sounds right, a little right. little loopy uh,
4: by the way thomas d horton divorced 3 times
0: <laughs> not surprising at right. all so and, we do and not, by the way pat pat uh, robertson coronavirus is not for moral sex it jumped yeah. from animals to humans and obviously, animals love oral sex.
4: Oh, yes, absolutely. Well,
0: the only yeah. difference is they're flexible enough to do it to themselves. <laughs> As Ivy, yeah. who's right next to you right yeah, now. She, boy, she goes at it sometimes. Wow. If you like Minutia Men, then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Like, and Friends. And Friends is all about those conversations that real friends have. Kimmy, Tommy, and Samuel discuss... Sex talk, history, blatant narcissism, and more. So come and meet your new friends with and friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place.
1: Radiomisfits.com.
0: Okay. Um, Well, uh, we've got a guest coming up, so we've got to hurry up. But I, I do want to get this one more feature in here, and that's this.
3: A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave.
0: So this is the part of the show where I pull a name out of a jar and and I'm supposed to tell the story of having met that celebrity. Now, during the uh, coronavirus, we've decided to suspend the Pulling the name out of the jar and let me just tell whatever story I want because Dave has no control over the jar. Correct. Uh, So this week I want to tell the story of Curly Neal because he passed away um, this past week in New York, 77 years old. And he was, of course, if not the most famous globetrotter, one of the top two.
4: Well, what what do you have? Metalark? Metalark and
0: Curly. Those are the two, right?
4: Was it a Reese Reese something or...
0: Yeah, so Greece you don't, you don't even remember.
4: A, yeah, right. Exactly. You're, you're right. Curly and metal are.
0: So Curly Neal was the bald uh, globetrotter, uh-huh. and I met him in, I, I think it was 1984, uh, that was the year before he retired from the globetrotters, and that was the only time I was ever allowed to be a public address announcer at a basketball game or uh-huh. any sporting event. And they allowed me to do that. I think you were there that day, too, weren't you? I was
4: sitting right next to you. I was yeah. the promotion director for WPGU.
0: So, you know, that was that was a big deal. And by the way, my props to Gene Honda, who <laughs> does this for yeah. a living, that's really hard to do. But uh, I, met, uh, I met Curly that day. He was one of the only Globetrotters that I met. And I didn't really get a chance to talk to him. You know, just like I quickly uh, shook his hand. Um, but I did say to him uh, that I loved him on the, on the Scooby-Doo, <laughs> which he stopped and looked at me and then smiled and then walked on. So that was really my entire because remember that? Did you see the Scooby-Doo uh, Globetrotters? It's like a famous episode of Scooby-Doo. I, I, w- were
4: they in some haunted thing? Yes. You, you know, and uh, I don't remember it. I can probably tell you what the plot is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that day also sparked uh, one of our future comedy bits, and that is. The Washington Generals coach losing it during a post game press conference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I always thought was one of our funniest bits. Because, you know, yeah. you, imagine the Washington Generals coach coming in a, at a press conference after having lost the 150th time in a row to the Ireland <laughs> Globetrotters. Because they literally lost every single night to the Globetrotters. Yeah. And if he was taking it seriously, how, what kind I of, know. A, you know, know, God damn it! <laughs> <a> Bobby <laughs> Knight kind of impersonation.
4: Right. Right. They're throwing water at my players. And there's no fun.
0: <laughs> do we do we even have double dribble in this league anymore? <laughs>
4: right.
0: and, and think about the season. He's got seven holder. basketballs in his hand. Seven. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Where are the
4: referees? Uh, and not. And think about it, if you're a season <laughs> ticket holder for the Washington Generals. First of all, you get like two games a year,
1: right?
4: <laughs> And then you're like, "Fuck, we keep it." You know, it's hey, uh, honey, check to see if the the, the generals won
0: last night. <laughs> Son of a bitch, they lost again. again. I mean, what am I? What is this guy going to get fired? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, that uh, is this week's uh, celebrity potpourri. Uh, they got we confetti. have what the fuck is the confetti going on? <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Anyway, uh, we have a a guest coming up, Tim Clue, comedian. We'll be right up uh, just after this. uh, Stay with us. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report informed automotive, it's those cars that were made only to meet with something less than success. It's part one of automotive turkeys, plus a laughable look at cars for sale ads. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits
1: podcast network.
0: If you're a fan of the English Premier League, you'll want to check out Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. As you can hear by his accent, Adam is from England originally. Chelsea fan, if you must know. And he's also an expert in soccer tactics and methods. He's the director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. So obviously, he has some incredible insights into the game. Tune in every week. We're on the Radio Misfits podcast network. A Tony Lozano podcast, the no-pie show. And because it's soccer, we never use our hands. Radiomisfits.com Radio Misfits.com.
3: Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave.
0: All right, he's a writer, a comic, motivational speaker, a man with uh, way too much energy to be confined into his home. Please welcome, in his last few moments of sanity, Tim Clue. Tim. that's a, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Have I introduced I, I, I you think, properly?
2: Uh, gentlemen, I think we're dealing with the last few moments of mini- <laughs> different uh incursions
0: yes uh well you are a high energy guy and uh, so how are you handling the being shut in how is that going for you
2: yeah it's it's kind of like a ping pong ball kind of you know trapped inside a little tiny box yes absolutely but you know what once you realize that you're to to not get out it doesn't get any better it gets worse so, yes,
1: it's not well. <laughs> middle age. Basically,
2: you're describing middle age. Thanks, Tim. I think that would be a fair description, yes. No, I mean, look, all of us, you know, I, here's here's the line I love. It's like we all do this in different ways, and none of them are very good.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
1: <laughs> uh, so, as, we, you know, I've got young kids at home, and we've been, and I'm not going to be honest with you I'm really not participating that much in the whole homeschooling thing. Um, you know, I did teach my daughter how to make a screwdriver, and I'm going to count that as chemistry. <laughs> you
2: know, I mean, uh, uh, but It counts. You know, I, I'm, I'm putting it in the rubric as absolutely an uh, objective. Um,
1: but, you know, the homeschooling part, and you've got – you know, how old your daughter?
0: Ten years old. So, so that's a that's more important – yeah, because our, our kids are older, uh, Tim, you know, so honestly, Dave and I are kind of taking a, uh, well, you know, they had a good run uh, kind of approach to it. Whereas you still have you still have important years to cover there at, when they're starting at age ten.
2: Well, I really believe that I have a half fourth grader that we're going to need to redshirt. That's really where I'm at right now.
0: <laughs> you know, on, on April Fool's <laughs>
2: we're going to hold Day. her back because you know she's she she's been playing the outside line and we're going to move her inside. And uh, she's got to put on a few pounds. And uh, until she conquers advanced algebra, we're not going to we're not going to put her back in.
0: <laughs> you know, on April Fool's Day, I said to my youngest son, who's a junior in high school, I said, hey, uh, Governor Pritzker just said that uh, everyone's going to have to repeat the school year. Uh, and he looked at me and he goes, yeah, funny, Dad. April Fool's. Get out of my room. Wow. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's it, that's that's where we're at right now in my house. You know what that
2: indication is that he knew that was a joke? I think he's graduated. I do think he's ready. <laughs> I don't. I'd send him send her to community college and say, hey, whatever you get. It's fine with me. So how's it going for you? So we are, uh, we're, we're, we're sheltering and spacing. That's what we're doing. Sheltering and spacing. That's pretty much, here's the other thing I've noticed that for, uh, other parents out there that may be listening to this podcast that have, I would say anyone from four years to uh, 12 years of age, my best advice is bribe. And my worst advice is bribe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Cause Absolutely. Think about us. I mean, what would have you been getting done during this time? Any of us? Uh,
1: nada. I haven't nothing. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been very unproductive.
2: Right. So imagine, imagine trying to motivate a ten-year-old. A so you have to uh, you, you bribe. All I know is that I have now bought so many levels of Roblox, Fortnite, and Sims. Private <laughs> institutions in in Chicago would have been more cheaper. <laughs> would have been a cheaper option. I mean uh-huh. literally I've bought I've bought so many um so many uh what is it called uh you know sim advancements I, we're getting into like like definitely are and and and, and 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 maybe even worse. So I at this point every, let's just say sex education is done at this point. That one's <laughs> I don't have to worry about. Just just peel that little star off the table and put it on the you know yeah, Put hun- it in the room. We call done.
0: this the internet. Uh, just check it out. I'll be back around three <laughs> hours from now.
1: Well, I bet the Sims will have the pandemic package for forty nine <laughs> ninety five within it's...
2: weeks. They're going to be right. coming out with it, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. No. If they haven't already. Do you want to hear something? Do you want to hear something rather morose? Sure. A friend of mine, before we were told to shelter in space, but COVID nineteen had already uh, hit the newspapers. And it had been on the air. But just at its inception, I I went to Target to get a whole bunch of board games, knowing that, you know, things were going to get tighter. Yeah. And he said, hey, while you're there, pick up Pandemic. Oh, boy. (laughs) There's a a game. There's a board game.
0: Oh, boy. Have you ever played it? I have not. I'm kind of living it, but I have not played it. No.
2: Well, let me tell you. Um, I came in last place, so you would not want me on the CDC. You do not want me a part of the uh, the problems, uh, the solutions. So, uh, but yes, we, we played that game actually right as it started, and uh, we've set it aside. It hasn't been picked up since.
0: This is a real game. There's a real game out there called Pandemic. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, no,
1: and and Tim, you lost. Is that what you said? Because <laughs> Donald Trump yes. will be calling you any minute be part of the press conferences <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't tell anybody that you know oh my goodness I, 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 there's I wanna...
2: an eerie similarity between some of the choices i made and he made but i i don't want i don't want to politicize this podcast we're trying to help children and parents become better homeschoolers during a time at which it's absolutely impossible
0: excellent that's absolutely true now have you tried the uh refrigerator box techniques that uh teachers used on you <laughs>
2: Very good. Yes. Referring to uh, a period of time at which in the seventies, you could put duct tape on children, put them in boxes uh-huh. and actually kind of just kick them outside and let them roam around for a few days.
0: Yeah. Th- the th- 70s. Th- does that work anymore? Are we allowed to do that? I don't know.
2: I, I did spend about six weeks inside a refrigerator box, which literally my homework was handed to me from above. And, uh, you know, I, I only have to, what can I say? It was one of the best periods of my education in my life.
0: Now, Dave, he's not kidding. He really, this really happened to him because uh, Tim, as a, uh, as a youngster had. Uh, a
2: left-handed dyslexic yeah. rug rat, to be <laughs> accurate.
0: And, and I, I would guess, and I don't want to pin anything on you, but maybe a touch of ADD sort of uh,
2: just oh, a, just a, yeah. just a skosh there. Yeah, just a skosh, yeah. I I,
0: I put the I put the triple A in A B D. So so the teacher actually probably was smart to do that because it took away, you know, all the distractions in the room for you. Genius. Genius.
2: Absolute genius. And
0: it was actually a pivotal
2: uh, transfer in my life. And you know, I know we're joking around here, yeah. but in all seriousness, I I tell people when I do my little lecture that I you know, that my own teaching that I did um, was really constructed from the teachers I never had, not the teachers that I had Right. it was always based on the teacher that I wanted and uh, boy during this pandemic have I failed that low bar for my own daughter, <laughs> but I'm still trying
0: It's it's always uh, easier yeah. on paper <laughs> it just looks like it would be that a little bit easier than it actually is well, I uh, tell that's te-
2: exactly right. I mean, in all seriousness, we're we're paying uh, we're paying honor, of course, to the healthcare workers. But now that the teachers are taking a break, the difference between telling a teacher what to do and a teacher having to figure out what to do, I often say, is the difference between taking a picture of the Grand Canyon and pogo sticking across the Grand Canyon
0: in a speedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is so uh, true. Many
1: many people don't know that you do. Motivational speech, speeches, that's kind of your gig, right? You're, doing, you're a creative ideator, right? You help, uh, well, tell people what you do, and tell us about the discomfort zone. Um, I've basically been in that, what I call the discomfort zone, for about 56 years. But talk a little bit about <laughs> your motivational speeches and the discomfort zone, right, you know, no. and, how that, and how that leads to growth.
2: Look, I didn't want to move to New York uh, or L.A. to become an actor or get a game show. And I didn't jump on the podcast thing early enough. So I had to jump on the motivational speech uh, opportunity as quickly as possible. Let's be honest. But in doing so, I I started to realize that I could take like, I, I started to realize first off, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of funny dudes in this arena, too. Dudes and dudes and dudettes. And, uh, why don't I take what I do in the classroom and my improv and the standup and put it in like a, a jambalaya mixer and see if we can not actually help not, not really increase like personal bandwidth. Cause I think that like is tired, worn postulate or, or platitude in terms of like trying to increase someone's personal motivation. People will call me up and say, uh, so you're a motivational speaker. I'm like, Nope. You ever try to motivate someone? It's really freaking difficult. It's true. Mm-hmm. I said, but I, I, but what I do come in is I I take large groups. By the way, I I try to Uber connect them. I put them into uh, uncomfortable scenarios, and then they gain confidence pretty early. With that said, right now the idea of gathering and connection yeah. is about as popular as a buffet <laughs> in Wuhan serving like hot bat juice. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a great point. You uh, this you're going to be like the last person that get back be. to work. Gets back yes. to work.
2: Are you picking up on this? Yes. Are you well, t- Hey, AK, I, aka, aka, uh, also known as unemployment. <laughs> right. No, you want some? It's a podcast, so we can get really real here. Yeah. You want to hear like a my own personal? You know, sometimes you wondered what the Great Depression was like or what it felt like. You know what I mean when they talk about empathy. Yeah. Now keep in mind, my contracts. booked very far out so to anybody listening do not think i'm wealthy but it was a stunning moment in my life when about 50 grand of contracts were canceled in 48 hours
0: oh man yeah yeah oh man everyone take a moment yeah uh
2: i'm starting my own uh you know, uh, jumpstart program. What are those called? You know, we we get on the web oh, and you ask people uh, for money. But, however, uh, I found out that, that I, I found out that everybody's doing that and it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, those are they're so hard to to do those now. Now, um boy, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that. Because you you not only did motivational speeches, but you did them for like huge crowds. I've watched you yes. do them, and you were you'd run yes. through this the auditorium and bring people yes. up on stage, and then no so, no social distancing, put them Dave, up next Rip, to each other.
2: Why do you think I'm doing this dumbass podcast? I mean, my, you're not getting paid shit.
0: Thank you. <laughs> my God, we're, well, we've turned the nicest man in America into an asshole. <laughs> How did we do that?
2: No, I, seriously, my offering is more popular than trichinosis on a weekend.
0: <laughs> now you used to call you yourself. you
1: may never get back to normal. You're fucked. <laughs> right?
0: Right? Uh, you used to call yourself the warm chocolate cookie of laughter you know yes. uh your comedy shows are clean now, i've always thought this was interesting that you know you've got this wholesomeness uh that's first of all your play leaving iowa a very funny play about family vacations a wholesome wonderful play and seriously
2: by the Brilliant. way, stop, stop, yeah. stop. Yeah. Another revenue stream that was completely shut down. <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to when we finish yeah,
0: this right? podcast.
2: Are you, are you guys going to start a company called Rock Bottom Therapy? Call into our podcast. We'll bring you down to the bottom of your psyche. If you live on the third
0: floor, consider options. Oh, you know, what's, what's happening to your writing partner, Spike Manton? I mean, you're—he's the prince of darkness already. He's the Eeyore of comedy. What? What is? What is well, happening he's, to him?
1: He's probably never been happier than right now.
0: <laughs> that, that's probably true. He's doing the exact uh, opposite.
2: <laughs> now, Spike's not a hypochondriac, but one of my favorite lines. We have a friend of ours that already, kind of, is built for, a suspecting that you know viruses of all kinds are lurking in the uh-huh. corners, and they're now only just you know, seconds away from taking him to strange places. And I asked my friend, I said, How do you how are you handling your conversations with this mutual friend of ours? He said, Yeah. He goes, I just go as dark as it possibly can because I can't he said, because I've tried being positive with him and it it just doesn't work. So the only way and I think this is brilliant. Now think about this. The only way I can get this individual to say anything just a slight askew of not quite negative is to go to the darkest place possible and have him say, "Well, I don't think it's going to be quite that <laughs> half full."
0: <laughs> uh, that, that's a challenge that Spike could take. I could see him. I could see him trying to get as dark as possible. Although you're doing a great job today, you are doing a hell of a job. <laughs> no, my,
2: I think my life is doing that for me. Yeah. I, I'm only repeating the, uh, the, the the cold hard facts. So yes, no. You know what? I I'm I'm may call me crazy, but I am on the I am aligned with. This is all going to come back. This too shall pass. Um, I'll be back out there and uh albeit probably the tables will be a little further apart really that's that's the only that's the only difference right
0: and then trump will get reelected, and uh what are you doing what are you
2: doing we we were we were in a safe place dave and and rick had to bring us back to like the you know the 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 the, the captain eeyore
0: well let's talk about patty Uh, and the stump uh, which is a book that came out on uh, Eckhart's Press, which is you know a uh, you and and Spike wrote it together, and it's actually I thought it was an excellent children's book, had the uh, the message of anti-bullying, and then bullies kind of took over, didn't they? They just <laughs> well, took that, over.
2: So that was a that was a therapy project as well when the bullies took over. And we wanted to do our part. We thought it was necessary to uh, contribute to the great uh, literary uh, mix and offer. T- and I, I know pic- talking about pictures on a podcast is yeah. about as smart as you know <laughs> talking about food, but uh, don't you think the. Donald Trump as a stump was just magnificently, like, kind of accurate.
0: Wait a minute, that was well, based on know. Donald Trump.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, well, wait a love,
1: minute. I love his comb over, the bark <laughs> comb over. The, yeah, you had a brilliant, you had a brilliant illustrator. Who? Uh, tell us about Who, that guy. He was
2: seriously guy. um, out of Cleveland. If you ever need anybody to create some uh, beautiful images, Lynn Peralta. And uh, he's had a long going series that he's been offering, you know, as as a, you know, as a satirist and uh, and an illustrator. And he's just tremendous. And and one of the more, you know, we did not make a killing on that children's book because we were actually wanting to donate all the proceeds. Right. Right. We're your your publisher. We know you didn't make a (laughs) (laughs) killing. But in all honesty, that's a case where you just, the process was so rewarding, uh, and the outcome of the book—we're very, you know, we're, we're we're really deeply proud of it. So, if uh, you know, but my kids read it. I bet, I bet, uh, you know, maybe like ten other of my friends' kids have read it. it uh, <laughs> it's actually
0: it is actually quite good. Uh, it, it's uh, it's available still at Eckhartspress.com So,
2: well, um, there yeah. isn't a lot of in, in, in that sector just as there aren't great experiences to be honest, when uh, high schools or junior highs ask for an anti-bullying presentation, what happens is they bring some, you know, they bring someone in that had something kind of awful happen to them and they tell them about this experience and everyone just feels horrible, right? right, Together. Yep. And, and it's just a big shame and blame session and I've told people, I'm like, that's not how you solve this problem. That that's not the that's not the way you access. You, you you have to fill the void. And what we've been doing quite successfully is, if you go in and do improv and you introduce kids to each other, and they laugh together, share a secret or tell a story. Guess what? Really hard to want to beat up or pick on someone if you've laughed, mm-hmm. told a secret to, told a story to, hung out with and had a good time. And we've proven that in a juvenile um the djj the department of juvenile justice in richmond virginia for uh young men that unfortunately created some heinous you know you know were brought in there for some pretty heinous situations right and uh we did it in one of the more challenging places you could possibly imagine and it worked and that was my that was kind of my you know what do you call it aha moment or really it was truly revelatory because i'm like wow if we're flipping the script here in a place kind of built for isolation, uh, let's just say violence that can occur and it's only brought down through, you know, the, the hammer, not the hand. And we were, we were effective in this environment. Why couldn't we just transfer that energy to schools all over the United States? And, that's really, if you had to ask me what my pure passion project is, I really believe I could stop shootings in every high school. I could stop shootings in any school permanently. It it wouldn't. It, it's not going to happen with a speech, though, right? It's not going to yeah. happen with someone coming in and talking for an hour and making people feel, you know, <laughs> making people feel guilty. You you actually have to physically do something, and I really believe that a kind of a strategic adapted form. Uh, highly adapted, right, Um, form of using the essence of improv exercises will bring kids and parents and teachers together in a way unlike any other mechanism that exists out there.
0: There he is. is. He's back. There's Tim. There he is. So there you are. Well, you know, also. In all honesty, if
2: you want me to talk about, we are doing some pretty cool things other than bribing my child with, uh, uh, you know, sim advancements uh the one other cool thing we did that if you do have parents listening and this is kind of funny too we were really stalling out right i, I really had i really was you know motivation was was uh becoming troublesome for a 10 year old so i thought all right it took like 30 different things that you could do between reading and math and phonics and re- and even recess and getting outside and doing something <laughs> By the way, that's that's its own that's its own uh, uh, tricky puzzle, right creating creating something fun, interesting, but safe outside during a pandemic.
0: yeah, <laughs> put, that's true put, put
2: that put put that one in the mixer yeah but but anyway, we put like I, I put like twenty or thirty sticky notes, and then I divided them into three categories three or four categories. The first category was. Uh, things that you like or love. Second category was things you don't mind. And the third category was things that suck. And guess what? We spent about just probably like 20 minutes assembling all these post-it notes into those three arenas, right? Where I said, go ahead, put them in exactly where you think they belong, where you, you know, these are things you really love. These are things you don't mind to do. And these are things that suck. And then we backed away from the board And I looked at her, I said, guess what? Mommy and daddy do at least 10 things that suck a day.
0: Yeah.
2: And you have to do only, and I said to her, and you only have to pick one. You just have to pick one. And oddly enough, her being in charge of her school day, taking those little post-it notes and even choosing the thing that she likes the least has completely revamped our experience, and seriously, we're ha- we are having a blast, and she's doing great. And I think other parents could take that idea and modify it, adapt it. But you get it, right? It just empowers a child to kind of create their own day, but kind of submit to things that they know at times aren't going to be the the most, you know, aren't going to be Disneyfied.
0: I like that idea a lot.
1: You're putting forth a hell of a lot more effort than I am.
0: Good for you. <laughs> well, now you got a free idea, you. Dave. You know, yeah, well uh, before David, before David, you go, of
1: TikTok. <laughs> Just tell her to go on TikTok. It's like 27
2: hours. It's perfect, uh, Dave. Uh, we've been we've been practicing that one. Believe me, that's uh, you know, the Russians have a lot of data on me and my daughter. I guarantee you. There you go.
0: <laughs> so be- before we let you go, uh, I think you are also uniquely qualified to help uh people that are plunging into what we call debt uh as Mm, as as mm -hmm. uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say tim
2: (laughs) (laughs) well you you know you know my best advice and i don't know if the united states can adopt this policy but you know my policy was just uh, not to pay it back and see what happens, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe
1: me, that's gonna be America's policy.
2: I think so, it already uh, is, yeah, don't you think though this is the great balancing between us and China Because uh, I think we're gonna be able to like kind of call them up and be like, "Hey, you know what? <laughs> can <laughs> we be pa- We know you kind of like you kind of flirted with Russia, you were having fun over there with Putin, but that, that game's time to it's that's time to put that to an end because you need our economy
0: you know uh w- when I saw you on stage you and you do th- uh, just a, a great hunk on debt um and the 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 thing that was like it pierced through uh th- everything else you said to me was the moment that you realized you you hit a number and you're like you know what there's no way I'm ever gonna pay that back and <laughs> no, after right? that everything was great it's gravy it's exactly gravy, all gravy. That's that, that, that is, that, that was my
2: come to Jesus moment. Right. Where you just say, wow, here it is. It's not going to happen. Go to target, buy yourself a flat screen, a TiVo, a couple, <laughs> you know, six pack of Haggadahs, whatever you want.
0: I, I hit that point where last year we, uh, we put an addition into our house and I, you know, I was raised by Germans and we were very frugal and you had to watch every day. And I, I set aside money for uh, all, all my kids, college education and, and, my, and my wife goes, you know, we, need, we really need more room. we got to build an addition. And it cost just ridiculous amount of money. And we had no money. And so we, went, we took out a I'm loan. Very, by the way, I'm very proud of you, Grasshopper. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we signed a 30-year lease starting like last year. And I realized that I'm undoubtedly going to die in debt. And, and at yes. that moment, everything opened up for me. It was it like, becomes, you know, this is fantastic. I what I I don't have to worry anymore. There's nothing to worry it's about. A, it's yeah, a super blast.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's a super blast of Nasonex, isn't it? The uh, nostrils clear, uh, the mind is clear. Honey, and we're uh, going to London. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and not to get uh, not to get too philosophical, but uh, the decks have been rearranged uh, on the on the ship, not to choose an inappropriate COVID-19 metaphor, right. but, but, uh, I don't think the banks ever had their reckoning during the mortgage of 08, you know, of 07, 08, half right. of 09. And, uh, I think, uh, it's think time very interesting conversations <laughs> are going to be happening <laughs> as you try to transplant 13 million people, you know, if, go ahead. Good luck with kicking 13 million people out of their homes.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, anyway, so that's our final uplifting hey, moment for the uh, for the yeah. show.
1: Thanks for breaking down an already down room. <laughs> no, you know, know what? This has been the middle of a pandemic, and you're making me feel shittier.
0: Good for you. <laughs> uh, hey Tim, it has been fun. It's been fun chatting with you. And uh, you know when when things get up and going again, uh, I know that it's immediately going to come back for you because you are just too good. Uh, you're a great comic. You really are. And, and, a, and a very motivational speaker. I mean, you're motivated me. And that's almost impossible.
2: Wow. Should we call Spike and uh, like <laughs> see what we can do? No, don't take tell our, Spike. Take, take our chances?
0: <laughs> don't tell Spike.
2: <laughs> All well, right. like I said, appreciate this, guys. Stay safe. Be safe. Take that credit card. Yeah, you do, buddy. Thanks for your do time, with, man. Do what you can with it.
0: Thanks, Tim. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A gentleman and a scholar.
4: He's a very creative guy. He is. Uh, And a really nice guy, too.
0: And a very Uh, nice guy.
4: Yeah, he's one of those guys when you meet, you immediately go, okay, this is a nice, gentle guy. That is. You know, right? I mean, he's got, like you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> very much, very much like me. Special thanks to Executive Producer Tony Lasana with OPIhShows.com. A very nice guy. Also a, a nice guy.
4: Gentle, nice guy.
0: Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H Shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com and we'll be back again next week with another episode of
1: this opi podcast was recorded at an earlier date some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID 19
0: the proceeding was
1: a
4: presentation of opi productions find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts including
0: opishows.com Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Pie Productions.
3: Tony, can you shut up?
0: On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talk to Amy Landecker. Your husband is obviously very politically uh, active. Um, I, I follow him on Twitter.
1: <laughs> Let's go bother him now.
0: Oh, okay. We're, <laughs> we're waking up Bradley Woodford right now. I love it. Rick, this should be a new bit that we do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Oh, he's in the shower. Wait. Oh, this is even better. Honey. What? Oh and he's naked, so I definitely
0: will not Oh no okay. all right. I'm right. gonna have to draw the line here. <laughs> <laughs> minutia man, celebrity interview an Opie show only on the radio Misfits podcast network. Great Talk radio isn't dead. it just moved to a better place RadioMisfits.com. dot com. I am Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on Back to You, our podcast, we do all kinds of things like, how would you describe it? We do nitpicky things sometimes, like how come you got headphones on and I don't? Because I'm the star of the show. Well, see, that's up for uh, debate and deliberation. And uh, a lot of the show is about who gets top billing and last word. Well, we'll find out in the next Back to You with Howard Sudbury. And Steve Baskerville. See ya. Bye. Back to You with Howard Sudbury. And Steve Baskerville An Opie show Only on the
4: Radio Misfits Podcast Network Great talk radio isn't dead It just moved to a better place Radiomisfits.com Hold on, hold on Hold on, guys can you stop Opening the door We're on the air, L- Lila get out of here, you're freaking me out Hold oh, come on 600,000 people are listening to you right now
0: <laughs> We would like for you to stay home And listen to OPI shows You'll be saving the world Oh, and be sure to also wash your hands.